Welcome to the Lewis Jonker Podcast. Lewis is a speaker, storyteller, preacher and poet. Hope you get something out of this talk. I am glad to be here today on what is truly a momentous occasion. Because for the first time in 19 years, Craig Corkill is not delivering the Vision Sunday message. And as the more perceptive of you may have realised, I am not Craig Corkill. No offence to him, he has slightly few more grey hairs and uh, I'm sure he's going to watch this later so he might be offended by that. And, uh, <laughs> and that is a big change. But I'm not anxious or worried standing up here this morning because the direction of our church has never been based on the thoughts or opinions on any, of any one individual man, whether that be Gary Rurick, Craig Corkill or myself. No, today I have the privilege of sharing a vision based on the word, on the Spirit's leading and on the diligent prayers of the commissioned pastors and elders here at NVBC. And that is, uh, that is truly an honour. But you might be sitting in the room and amongst all the chaos, all the confusion, all the change, all the transition, maybe you are looking at the future of NVBC and maybe you feel like it's unclear. <laughs> maybe you feel like it's muddled up. Maybe you feel uncertain. Maybe you feel like the vision, the vision of NVVC for the future feels more like a uh, muddled puzzle. Mixed match pieces all over the place. During school holidays, I, get, I got to go home and visit my family. And uh, my mum had a puzzle on the dining table. And I look, at, I look at all these pieces, and there's a lot of pieces. I never progressed past, like, year five, you know, the 20-piece the puzzle. That's sort of my level of expertise when it comes to puzzle piecing. But my family, with all these pieces, they're able to discern and figure it out and put all the right pieces in place. And to me, it's just like, oh, my goodness. I mean, my, my inner urge when I see a puzzle on a table is just to sort of shuffle it up just to see how annoyed I can get my mum to be. I don't know if anyone else has those, you know, those secret desires, you know, those secret evil desires that really pop their head when you see something in your family's house. So, to help us see a little clearer, this morning I would like to take us on a journey through the scriptures which have informed our theme for the year to see if we might be able to rearrange these pieces. And the scripture that was really on the heart of our pastors and staff and elders was uh, actually John 15, and this week I caught up with a lovely lady from our church who leads our prayer team, Zoe Lucas, and we had lunch at, what is it, Lee Burns Cafe, where I've never been before, surrounded by plants and all these... Lee Rowans? I don't know who Lee Burns is, let's, uh, let's cut that out of the podcast. Um, Lee Rowans, the, the older generation know this place well. Um, and it was beautiful. And as she sat there, she was telling me what was on her heart. And she was saying that she had recently been reading through John 15 and it spoke to her in a new, fresh way. And I kept it a secret for the, our whole meeting at the end of our, our meeting at this cafe. I said, just so you know, John 15 is actually the scripture we've been led to for the year. And uh, obviously she was amazed by that, but she shouldn't be because she's very discerning, Zoe Lucas. If you ever need prayer, go and see Zoe Lucas. John 15, it's quite a big passage, and uh, it is on the screen. It's a little bit small, but I'm going to read it out to us. So uh, please, please read with me if you have your Bible. 
I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, and neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch that withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you, that you may be filled with joy and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than he who lays his life down for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. This scripture reading, John 15, occurs at the Last Supper on Jesus' Jesus's finest, final meal with his finest friends. He sits around the table and he has all these statements, I am, I am the way, the truth and the life, I am, I am, I am the true vine. And as he sits with his closest friends, his closest disciples, he reads this to them as way of encouragement. And I pray this morning that this would be encouragement to you. I tried to figure out points for this sermon, but it was too many points. So I've decided just to go through the things that have truly stood out to us as a leadership team. And uh, hopefully it all makes sense by the end. And hopefully we can put that puzzle together so that we can see where we are heading in 2022. First of all, I wanted to talk about how Jesus said he is the true vine. The true vine. Alethinos. The word true means opposite to what is fictitious, counterfeit, imaginary, simulated or pretended. And it contrasts realities with their semblances, which to be totally honest, I have no idea what point B means. Someone much smarter than me might be able to figure that out. But point C is opposite to what is imperfect, defective, frail, or uncertain. When Jesus says to his disciples, I am the true vine, he is saying that there are fake vines out there, talking about the religious leaders of the day that are sending Israel in the wrong direction. 
There are many sources in our world, but we need to be connected to the true source, to the true vine. I truly believe that's what our church needs to do. We need to connect with the true vine. There's plenty of fake vines in our world. It might not be Jewish, Israeli leaders, but our source might be the technology we use and our social media feeds. Our source might be our political ideals, whatever they might be. Our source might be the news and the media. I chose the Victorian because none of us should really care about him and I didn't want to be controversial. <laughs> so I hope, you're not, I, hope you're not a, I hope you don't love him. That's no political statement whatsoever. Uh, Sometimes our source can even be our relationships, our friendships, our relationships. When high schoolers go into school and they're surrounded by their non-Christian friends, that can be a great thing if they are light in the darkness. But we do know that sometimes our source can become our circle of influence. And so our relationships can sometimes be our source. It's where we can get our thoughts and our ideas and our vision and all these things can be good Technology can be good, relationships can be good, news and media can be good for filling us in, democracy can be good when our country is running at the healthiest way it can possibly be. All these things are good, but they are not the true vine, they are not the source that we need to base our lives on. Jesus is the true vine. Another symbolic way of looking at it is found in Ephesians 2.21 where uh, uh, Ephesians 2.20, where essentially it says, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. We need Jesus. We need Christ to be our true vine. We need him to be our cornerstone. Uh, so this was in the ESV, but I also want to read it in the LSV, which is the the Lewis Standard Version. And it says, Christ Jesus himself being the corner piece in whom the whole puzzle being joined together grows into a holy church in the Lord. And this is where our vision finds its root, in the corner pieces. We need Jesus to be our corner piece. As I said, I, I didn't pass, pass grade five puzzle making but when I watched my sister and my mum sit down to do the puzzle, they just flicked through the thousands of pieces until they found the corner piece. And that's where our vision begins, with Christ Jesus as our true vine, with Christ Jesus as our cornerstone, with Christ Jesus as our corner piece. John 15. Jesus is the true vine and every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that does bear fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit <laughs> this is like the verse that would almost be easier to skip across because I wasn't doing points I thought maybe I'll just skip across the hard ones and just like say that things stood out to me that you know were more on the the encouragement side of things and but this is scary pruning pruning hasn't God been doing some pruning in our midst the global church COVID across the world churches doors shut churches having to figure out new ways to do things to go online to figure out technology the global church has been pruned 
the local church has been pruned. We've cut off... No, I won't say that joke. I was going to say we've cut off some dead weight, but Craig was not by any means dead weight, but there has been some pruning. (laughs) There has been some pruning. It says that even things that produce fruit are pruned that they may bear more fruit. If Craig was, Ben said this in his sermon the other week, he said if Craig was meant to be leading us into the new season, Craig would be leading us into the new season. If Craig's head was meant to be on a puzzle piece in our vision, it would be on a puzzle piece in our vision. But God has done some pruning. We've bared a lot of fruit over the years. But Christ prunes that we may bear more fruit. And there's change and there's confusion, but the local church is being pruned. And I believe there's more fruit to come. But love you, Craig. I know he'll watch this later, so thank you for all you've done for me. (laughs) I, I wish he wasn't pruned, but it is what it is. And the individual can be pruned. Have you ever felt pruning? I certainly have. Seasons where God has had to work on me. Seasons where I've felt things being torn off and pruned away. And I wonder if God has done some work in you of the same nature. It's really beautiful. In the second verse, it says, Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. And the word clean and the word prune have the same root word. So this verse could say, uh, every branch that does bear fruit, he cleans that it may bear more fruit. And then he says, but you have already been cleaned because of the word I've spoken to you. Pruning, of the process of pruning can definitely happen when we come to the word of God. I've been in my new, I've got a new apartment and I've been uh, creating some new habits. I go sit out on the balcony and I drink my instant coffee because that's the only style of coffee you need. Oh, David Hughes, that was a mocking laugh if I've ever heard one. (laughs) It is the only coffee you need, you blend 43. (laughs) All you Makona drinkers are out there judging me. But Blend 43 is the original, made in Gympy, Queensland. Uh, that's not what today's sermon is about. <laughs> but I've been sitting out there reading my Bible, and it's amazing. You know how sometimes you want to open your Bible and just, you know, be sparked with inspiration and encouragement? I don't, for some reason, every time I open my Bible these days, it's like, it's almost like a barb. It's like God saying, you need to work on this. And it's like... When I come to the word, I'm pruned. And it can feel, it can feel rough. <laughs> but God prunes those who he loves. And uh, the word is a great place to find pruning for the sake of bearing more fruit. The scriptures go on. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, and neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is it, or he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. 
If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. So we have some great encouragement at the top, some really scary verses down the bottom. And I was thinking about what to say about the really scary verses down the bottom, and it hit me that right back in verse 1, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. And what I want to encourage you today is this, it's not our job to cut off and cast out, it's our job to abide. Sometimes we can take the, the, the pruning and the cutting off and all those things into our own hands, but it is not our job to cut off and cast out. That is the job of the Father, and in his good judgment and grace, he'll decide what he does with that verse. It is our job to abide. What does it mean to abide? When I was sitting with Zoe Lucas at our lunch, she said, you know what, this verse really spoke to me. And she said, but I can see that with the youth and the young adults, it can be so difficult to abide. And I can tell you, it is so difficult to abide when hard times occur. But I want to tell you it all starts with the vine, the true source of life, the true foundation. The vine is Christ and we must abide in him. A song that I've been thinking of recently is uh, New Wine by Hillsong. Sort of has reminded me what it means to abide. And in the lyrics it says, make me your vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing but all you have given me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. I came here with nothing. Abiding in Christ is the best decision you can make. There have been times in my life where I've not known what my future might be. Uh, I've been part of a variety of different churches. I've been part of a variety of different ministries. And there's been seasons and times where I've been lost and not known where to go. And the only thing you're left to do is to abide in Christ. You know, I come from, you heard me talk about, come from central Queensland, Biloela. When I first moved to the coast, I used to keep $140 in my glove box. And I knew that no matter what, that $140 would pay for the petrol to get me home to Queensland. Petrol's a lot more expensive these days after 10 years. So I might get, you know, to Brisbane, but not quite far enough. But there's been times where I haven't known the future or what's going to happen where I feel like I have absolutely nothing. But when you abide in Christ, it is amazing what God can do, how he can reveal your purpose, how he can reveal your future. The, the fact I'm standing up here right now giving a Vision Sunday message to a church like ours is truly a miracle. I don't know how that has happened. If I considered my life three years ago, I would think that is impossible, yet here I am. Abiding in Christ as much as I have when I've been lost. I came here with nothing but all you have given me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. I want to abide in Christ. So how can our church abide more in Christ? Well, on a personal level, I encourage you, dive into the word. Our church can put on programs and events all we like, but the individuals make the church and we need to dive into the Word. We need to dive into prayer and devotion. 
We need to abide in Christ. We need to remember him in our comings and our goings. We need to abide. And some of the things our church are going to do to help this year in 2022 to start getting some puzzle pieces set. Some of these puzzle pieces, we're going to start getting them set. In term two, for example, we're going to run alpha courses and we are ready to go and we are excited for people that come along who might not know Christ or who don't know him well. We want to help them learn to abide. So in term two, we are starting alpha courses. As immediately as possible, we're going to start having intentional Bible studies ready for our connect groups to help people learn to engage with the word in a healthy and productive way. In, in, uh, throughout the year, we're going to run a variety of different Bible teachings, much like the pursuit of Paul, so that we can dive deeper into what God might be saying to us. And very soon, we're going to start be talking about how you can connect with the Spirit and do some intentional teachings on Sunday about the Spirit, hearing from the Spirit, and spiritual gifts, that we might abide in Him. And I'm, I'm very excited for these things to begin. The scriptures go on. If you abide in me and my words in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So we don't verge on prosperity gospel here. I want to qualify this statement really quick. This, uh, the one about ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I truly believe that when you abide in Christ and you abide in the vine and you read the word and you're deep in prayer, your desires begin to change. And from a place of intimacy, we ask better questions and our wishes and our desires align with him. And it's then that when we ask whatever we wish, because our wishes align with the desires of Christ, because we have been in tune with him, it will be done for us. I wonder if you're praying prayers like, God, would you save the people of Narara who don't know you yet? If we abide in Christ and we pray those prayers and we work alongside Jesus, I truly believe that can be done for us. And each time someone is saved, a million angels will be rejoicing in heaven. And by this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love if you keep my commandments. Abide in my love if you keep my commandments and you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. As so I have loved you, abide in my love if, big if, you keep my commandments. Then he says, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. And it seems that God is giving us a promise, a promise of deep joy and his love for those who follow his commandments. Now that can be pretty scary if we don't know what the commandment is. And you might think, oh, does that mean I have to follow the 613 laws at the beginning of the Bible that I read as I was trying to read the Bible in a year and I got to 
<laughs> Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. And that's when my Bible in a year plan stopped because it was all too confusing. <laughs> Does God need us to, command, to keep all those commandments? No, because he actually tells us the commandment which will give love and joy in the next few verses. This is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. We must love one another. We must replicate Christ's sacrificial love. We must come together and do the journey in community. For abounding love and for abounding joy, we must follow this commandment that we would love one another as I have loved you. And in the following verses, Jesus is revealing to his closest friends essentially what he's about to do if you read in between the lines. And he says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. And Jesus is revealing to the disciples that he is about to lay down his life for them. And when we believe in Christ, we too are his disciples and we know that he laid his life down for us. And he wants us to love others the way that he loves us. A sacrificial love, a coming together, a working together, a love that takes sacrifice. And that is not easy. That is hard. And how can we love each other if we don't know each other? Amongst all the change of our church, there's been plenty of new faces that have come and gone over the last two years. Plenty of faces that we don't even know because they're only engaging with us online at the current point. But I want us to love each other and to love each other, we need to know each other. And so this year, we have some exciting things to announce. The first big thing is the flyer on your seat. We are having a church camp, which is pretty exciting. It, our last church camp got cancelled because of COVID, so we are raw and ready to go. I truly believe these are spaces where people can connect. I've heard plenty of stories whose first experience of Narara has been the church camp, and I know over the years they've been incredibly important for getting to know each other. And this camp will be a place where we get to know each other and we get to love each other. And that is so important. And as we start to build these pieces, we can really start to put things together. So we've got, our, we've got our time in the Word and our devotions, all these pieces, and then we can start putting programs together like our church camp, and we can start putting the pieces together. And then uh, over the course of the, the next year, our new associate, Johnny, is putting together some great resources for our connect groups and putting together a connect group plan, not so that we rush in and do things too quick and don't actually provide for the people of NVBC, but to be patient and careful and make sure the decisions we're making are truly in line with Christ. And so over the next few months, six months, Johnny is putting together a connect group plan and a strategy to make sure that we can get as many people at NVBC into connect groups as possible. Because we believe that in order to love each other, we need to know each other. And connect groups are a great source of loving each other. I loved last week as we had our interviews with some uh, lovely people hearing the stories. 
Firstly, um, hearing people like Julie and Sue talk about how important connect groups have been over the course of their journey and how within those connect groups you form relationships where you learn to love each other. And also hearing the story of Laura Moyer and how people in this church have truly loved that family and hearing stories about people who have loved in practical ways. And it's in those things that, as Jesus said, it brings glory to him because we are bearing fruit, the fruit being that we love each other. And so I'm excited for this year as we learn to abide in the vine and as we learn to love each other. And as you can see, the pieces are starting to come together. And we need each and every piece. The vision of this church is not based on any one individual's thoughts or opinions. And the outworking of this vision is not on the shoulders of any individual man or woman. The outworking of this vision, the outworking of the good work that our church can do in our community and abroad is based on every single puzzle piece. And every single puzzle piece is important. Living puzzle pieces, living stones, and each and every you is a piece of the puzzle that needs to come together that God might be glorified in our midst. I'd love to invite Josh up really quick. Our vision is by no means... It's by no means... Uh, there's nothing new under the sun. The idea of abiding in Christ and loving each other is something that has been our, our goal all along. We want to be desperate for God and passionate for people. We want to abide in God and we want to love people. In one sense, the vision hasn't changed. But amongst all the chaos confusion, we truly believe that in 2022, God is calling us to reconnect. We believe that God is calling us to reconnect with him, the true vine. And after a few years of isolation and being apart, we believe that God is calling us to reconnect with each other. This is what we believe the Spirit is leading us to do. And it's my prayer that you might join me in that. There is a vine, a true vine, and it is divine. From it flows life and an abundance of grace, which purifies hearts and cleans every stain. And every limb, every offshoot, every branch it sustains will produce fruit and fruit that remains. For in this vine we find love, joy and peace, gentleness, faithfulness and the patience we need. Self-control, gentleness, kindness, we're free. When we abide in the vine, we are part of the tree. Or in this case, a herbaceous plant, but tree rhymed better for the purpose of the poem. So we are branches. 
true branches. And there is a farmer who trims and prunes, but that is not our job to do. Our job is to trust, to remain, to abide, which is certainly tough during tough times. It's tough when winters come and cold airs rise, when your prayers are filled with anguish and tears fill your eyes, when you're unsure if He even hears any of your cries, when the branches look bare, the vine is despised. Well, let me preach good news. If you remain in Him, He'll remain in you. I've never seen a thing that my God cannot do. Fake vines are plastic, they can't reproduce, but true vines bring truth from the root to the fruit. As we come closer to God, we'll grow closer together. Standing one in the vineyard, no matter the weather. And in unity, we can glorify the King. Both the vine and vine dresser are found in Him. Let us grow in love. His grace is enough. He chose to lay down His life for us. So let's reconnect. God's not finished yet. Let's get your puzzle piece in place and your puzzle piece set. Because there is a vine, a true vine, and it is divine.